Welcome to the Horror Dads Podcast. This is episode 45 and a half. I am Jamie, and I am joined by John, and we are joined by the boys from Toxic Coffin tonight. Dude, also, the reason it's 45 and a half is because <laughs> we uh, <clears throat> we went ahead and recorded episode, what should have been 47, before uh, episode 46, and uh, we called it episode 46, so... Yeah. We're doing the platform nine and three quarters here. So we're episode 45 and one yeah. half. Totally fine. Totally <laughs> fair. But we are talking to some awesome dudes about some super heavy subject matter tonight. Um, yeah, we are. In the form of cult films. And not cult classics, but cult horror films. As in, uh, I guess, the Webster's... Dictionary version of cult is a uh, system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. Uh, so we talk about uh, horror films uh, based on cults, and we're joined by, uh, as Jamie said, the dudes from Toxic Coffin, uh, Lance and Steven, and Holy Hell, our two new best friends. Just amazing dudes. Oh my dudes. god, yeah. I'll move to North Carolina uh, just to be their neighbors. Yeah. They're awesome, awesome guys. They have this amazing merch and apparel company. Uh, so we, we get all into that, their process, what they distribute, um, all the cool stuff they're cooking up for, for the Halloween season. Um, but if you're new to the show, welcome. And what you can expect here is Jamie and I are going to shoot the breeze. We're going to get caught up on some stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about um, a couple of our standard things. And then we're going to transition to our interview with our new friends. Oh, yeah. So... The standard stuff, man. What have you been watching? Dude, so on HBO, I checked out... All right, so if you tell me, hey, Jamie, do you want to watch a movie from the Ouija franchise? I'm out. I don't... <laughs> I don't know if I've seen any I don't want to watch it. Uh, but I watched Ouija Origin of Evil. So wait, is this like a sequel to the... I don't know if it's a prequel. It's a sequel. It's so like this it, is it's an a installment prequel. to this a franchise that you've not even seen the original correct. from. Okay, yeah, no interest. Okay, so where'd you um, land? So, dude, I love this one. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I totally forgot that Mike Flanagan did it. Oh, so right there, it lends itself to sources being great. say yes, you will yeah. love this movie. Um, <laughs> it is honestly. The Ouija board comes out and your eyes start to like roll like, oh God. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a little girl that is just possessed by demons of the house. And she is, you've never seen such a sweet little girl be such a fucking devil. Oh. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking uh, about doing an episode on, on horror kids specifically. Yeah, she would, uh, uh, she'd be up there. So she'd be on that list. And it's fun. It, you know, it, it's kind of that uh, Conjuring, the first Conjuring universe. You know, it's like the 60s, 70s vibe. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah. And Mike Flanagan, obviously, is, is great. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. On it, So, like, Malignant, when it was like, oh, James Wan did this? I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, that's kind of how this was, you know? Like, all right. All right, I'll check it out. And then... Yeah, it was I great. bought that season of what's that uh, uh, Dead of Summer show just because Steve Miner uh, <laughs> yeah. directed one episode of it. So right. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm in." Yeah, here's 14 bucks Amazon. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, but I, I know I mentioned a couple episodes ago. I've been watching uh, through Dexter, so I just wrapped up season three of that. So I'm still trucking along. Uh, so I just started season four, which is the heaviest and most emotional of seasons. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, 
in reverse order, I mentioned um, on a podcast that's going to come out next week uh, that I bought a movie uh, that I'm going to talk about here. But uh, I did put in Dead Silence today, and man, do I love that movie. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's such, Honestly. A, it's a, such a great film. So fun. Speaking um, of James Wan. Dude, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you put it in, and again, it's like an eye roll, like puppets. Ah, Fuck off. Mr. Yeah. Slappy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. Um, so yeah, I've been, it really is. Somehow they make it scary too. Yeah, it's How? Good. I yeah. do. I don't know, but it, it works. Great. and It's a good one. Uh, what are you wearing, man? Oh, dude. So we're on the last pretty much. I'm hoping the last weekend that's warm. It's yeah. summer. It's hot. It's it was actually hot. It was hot <laughs> as fuck. I mowed the grass and I was just like dripping sweat. Yeah. Brittany took my wife, took the dog for a walk. And she was like, <laughs> it is actually scorching yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wearing my I Know What You Did Last Summer t-shirt from Cavity Colors. Um, Which is relevant because our, our new buddies are down mm-hmm. from the Carolinas. Yeah. Yeah. You may hear me mention it later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I figured this may be one of the last weekends I get to wear it uh, before I'm just adorned in orange and black. Yeah. So. I, uh, I've i got my, actually, not to fanboy too hard, I wore the, the, the band shirt uh, to the yeah. concert that they were playing, but I've got my Toxic Coffin fright night t-shirt on uh it's it's a play on the uh original artwork uh for the film it's got uh our boy brewster on it it's it's a great t-shirt yeah no dude it's so awesome uh totally love this t-shirt and and they're great um and so let's head into what we've been buying and i actually bought um their pre-order the toxic coffin pre-order which is the toxic coffee uh so we talk about that a little bit but um they have this awesome like uh, package uh, they're doing um, coffee with a coffee mug and a t-shirt um, uh, which is like Halloween themed so it's their pre-sale for the the spooky season um, awesome my, yeah my wife and I love coffee so I, I figured you know she's gonna uh, participate in this purchase a little bit um, so it'll be fun and uh, yeah it, I, I'm, I'm super glad I picked it up and the mug is really cool because it's orange. It's orange, yeah. yeah. Orange and black. Yeah. Tell me one orange mug you have. Dude, I don't. You have, have none. none orange mugs. I have none orange yeah. mugs. Yep. For sure. So you've been buying anything? No. No, nothing. So here's the thing is I'm my Halloween like uh clothing purchase is like I'm still waiting for the right one. I do that oh, thing where dude. I like Yeah. Well, and then, then spook bag nothing. it's spook bag season, so I always hold out for that too. And then before you know it, you bought one keychain from the grocery store. Yeah, right. Like, God damn it. Well, but you know what? There was one birthday present that I forgot to mention, which is this Jason Voorhees pen holder. You haven't even seen this yet. It is amazing. I actually have seen it. because Oh, uh, Kate, she showed you? Yeah. Your yeah. wife, who's my sister. It is so uh, great. Showed it to me when she bought it. Yeah. Every time I'm like done with work and I put my pen in there, I smile. <laughs> it's like you're punching out for the day. <laughs> Dude, it is. Yeah. It's like, I'm done. My Last pen and order Jason. Of business. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I have a pretty fun family antic I'll go ahead and share with you, um, which is, so today, my wife and I just had our uh, our wedding anniversary last week, mm. and um, I promised her this year, I was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll upgrade a new wedding band for you, kind of kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so my father-in-law offered to watch the kids, um, so we... He lives like pretty close to the center of town. Center of town had this like really nice fall market today. So we took the kids there and shopped around the fall market, got some Halloween decorations, uh, just had like a real nice 
sort of family um, morning and afternoon, dropped the kids off with him. And I took Brittany, my wife, to the uh, jewelry store, and he took the girls to Spirit Halloween. They talked him into it. Um, and he then dropped them off at our house. And uh, my oldest was like, hey, I, I got you something. And I was like, oh, cool. What'd you get me? And she she throws um, a pack of socks on the table. And they were, they're trick-or-treat socks. Oh, like, yeah. Sam. And she goes, Sam's on them. And I was like, well, I was like, did you tell, and I looked at my father and I was like, did you tell her that Sam was on these? He's like, no, she just knew. And I was like, no, someone had to like someone in the shop, like someone fed this to her. She's never seen the movie and she's uh, going to be seven on Monday. So I was like, yeah, this can't be. Um, but they also got me a, a Michael Myers keychain. So I was nice. I, I, it was, it was kind of cool. And it was a nice bonding experience for my father-in-law and the kids. All right, so actually, my story is pretty much the exact same thing. Um, you got socks? So, no, no, no. <laughs> I did not get gifts. Uh, so I've been waiting to go to... I haven't been to Spirit yet. I'm just waiting for that cold weather. Like, I don't want to be going in there sweating, you know? Yeah. It's just not... Sure, it, sure. it doesn't feel right. So I've just been waiting. I've been trying to start this new tradition where I take my oldest son to Spirit uh, for the first time every year. Uh, well, yesterday I get a text from my wife of my son at spirit with a neighbor and uh, the neighbor kid, his mom like took the both of them to spirit. Um, so I was pretty bummed. So you missed it from that aspect. Like, okay, well I didn't get to take my son to spirit, but also I'm not ready to go to spirit yet. Uh, it's just not that time of year for me. So that's fine. Uh, but they were sending photos of like them wearing masks and uh, next to all the monsters. And like at one point they were both wearing Michael Myers masks. They sent me that photo. So it was cool. It was fun to see them like having a good time in spirit. Speaking of which, I saw your dad today at that bull market. Oh, yeah. He came up and gave me a hug. Perfect. Yeah. Johnny. Honestly, that's what he yelled. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And he came over <laughs> in these sunglasses. And I was like, oh, it's Jamie's dad. <laughs> wearing his aviators. Yeah. Um, so before we get into it though, uh, just a couple quick mentions about the cult thing. Yeah. So I mentioned the basic definition, which is about, you know, like devotion toward like a figure or, or, or object, but there are a bunch of subcategories that exist, uh, for, for cults. And we're going to get into this a little bit in the films. Um, but, uh, Tennessee state university did a little study on this, um, and they listed the following subcategories. Okay. So this is some stuff to look at look out for um so they, there are what's referred to as eastern cults uh which are sort of rooted in like spiritual um kind of like enlightenment and you know reincarnation stuff like that um and then there are you know religious cults which are rooted in specific religious beliefs um and then there are these political cults um which are oftentimes linked to kind of like terrorism or um maybe uh a lot of those isms you know like racism and and the Ism typically has mm -hmm. a bad con connotation to it. So this is the bad side of politics. Um, and then there are cults associated with psychotherapy. Um, and then more like things that you wouldn't necessarily consider a cult, uh, given uh, if you're an American, right? Like a commercial or like multi-marketing, like multi-level marketing. Um, Pyramid scheme. Schemes, yeah. yeah. So there, those oftentimes are cults. And there are a lot of... Uh, I feel documentaries that kind of focus um, and align align with those. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, some of that links to new age cults, which is essentially like believing that you as the participant are kind of, it gives you a God complex. Um, and then there's the standard thing I think most people think of when they think of cults, which is the occult, um, which is the sa- satanic sort of rituals. My um, mind always goes to like David Koresh and uh, <laughs> just, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, know? exactly, man. Um, and then and then a, a, a theme we don't really explore too much this go round, um, but is definitely a factor is uh, like family cults. Um, which are, it's a weird thing to think of, but a lot of people are born into a system, you know, like a cult kind of system within Mm. their familial environment. Yeah. Uh, and then personalities for those that join cults. Um, again, this is from the same study. Uh, typically you see like people that have like high levels of stress or are dissatisfied, um, in their, uh, you know, their, their sort of personal, uh, kind of thing. Uh, people that might have a, a desire to belong to something larger, um, yeah, it's that, sad actually. Yeah. They eat off the It's predatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people looking for fulfillment, you know, or or that are disillusioned by their uh the culture sort of that surrounds them. Yeah. Um, or frustrated like trying to find the appropriate spiritual uh kind of enlightenment. Um so just interesting concepts. Uh this you know, Jamie and I definitely err on the side of like the more fun kind of uh horror films, but uh, we talk about a couple heavier ones, but we have a lot of fun with our new buddies uh, over at Toxic Coffin, and this is a fun episode. Yeah, enjoy, guys. Welcome to Horror Dads. Uh, we are joined by incredibly special guests today. Uh, we have Lance and Stephen from toxic coffin which is john and i's the company the t-shirt company that john and i gush over we'll stop talking about yeah um these guys are amazing we're already best friends um they are business owners best friends and traveling t-shirt salesmen um what's up guys hey y'all so stoked to be here hell yeah thanks for being on the show we super appreciate it and um this has to be episode 45 and a half because we got Pretty packed up with schedules, and uh, we already recorded episode 46, but we wanted to get this one in in between because you guys have some super fucking awesome fall-related merch that's uh, in current pre-sale and is going to be some post-sale activity and some other stuff going on, so uh, we want to make sure we get you in for the for the holy season, which is coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been really excited to jump back into the Halloween season. Cause that's how we started. I mean, we started a year ago and we started with Halloween um, and we started our first, our first shirts were Halloween shirts just because it was the the time of year. And we are super passionate about Halloween. It's something that we bond over and watch horror movies with each other throughout the entire month dedicated even more than usual. Um, and it was just a really good jumping off point for the brand and for the company that we, that we started to, uh, to start with Halloween. And this year has been our, you know, our one year anniversary and we we've been really excited to jump back in and do some really fun horror Halloween stuff. Do yep. you guys have a, a a specific like anniversary date for when you started? It was August 18th is when we started. Oh, so no it's been just a little over a year. Yeah. Happy yeah. belated. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. It's amazing. Still here. <laughs> yeah. Still kicking. 
And we have a super fun topic. So through conversation, we kind of landed on talking about cult-based horror films. So not like cult classics, but like the bad kind of cult where you look and you're like, oh my God, that guy's drinking a very specific drink that's going to kill everyone around him. Kind David of Krish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll dig through our interview with these, these amazing dudes. And then we're going to hit uh, three of their favorite cult based horror films to wrap the episode. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about the brand. So how'd you guys come up with toxic coffins? It seems like you guys are, are longtime friends, right? And, yeah. Uh, basically, we went to high school together. We played in hardcore bands together in high school and in college, went to college together, went our different ways, you know, as we were, you know, going through our careers and stuff like that, starting our families and then ended up in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And now we live like five houses down from each other. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. It's it's rad. Our wives are like, please hang out, watch all the horror movies so we don't have to. (laughs) So yeah, it's been fun. And then as far as starting Toxic Coffin, uh, we were playing music together, kind of doing a little music project for a little bit. And then with the pandemic and Lance just had a baby and just kind of like, I'm not going to have time to play music all the time. And uh, I don't know, we had this feeling that Halloween was going to get canceled specifically like in our area and um, because of COVID because of COVID, you know, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we just said, well, we have extra time. Maybe if we start a t-shirt company that makes spooky stuff, we can like keep, keep the spirit alive and (laughs) we can, we can support, support it all, you know, and it won't get canceled. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And you were saying that like Halloween is not the most like actively, um, actively embraced holiday down down in your region right yeah i mean we have a couple neighborhoods that go all out but other than that and that's where we moved to those neighborhoods (laughs) to specifically be in the hot spot yeah so yeah so we made that happen but because of where we live and living in a i don't know the southern you know pretty christian state you know there's a lot more hype over Christmas, which I love Mm. Christmas too. Um, but people seem to kind of glance over Halloween a little bit more and I don't know, it's, it's cool to live in a town where we feel like we can kind of champion that, you know? So for sure. Yeah. I love that. You guys have like your own little neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. It's where everyone or a lot of people on the island come to this specific neighborhood to trick or treat. So like, instead of everyone being so spread out when they're different areas, uh, everyone just kind of comes to one central location to trick or treat. So there's like just people filling the streets going down, going down the road, which is really fun. It's very like carnival-esque atmosphere. And you have, you know, you have people with kegs out front of their house, handing out beers and people are just, just, just really enjoying the whole experience. It's really, what time was that? October 29th. We leave here, John. (laughs) Um, it's a Sunday. You guys should come down oh to the Olympics. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I can imagine right now, like, the real, like, well put together family, like, leaving church. Like, we're going to the na- weirdo neighborhood for trick or treating, yeah. okay, kids? Don't talk to Lance. <laughs> Do not talk to him. Yeah. Well, I have, to, I have to make a conscious effort when I, my daughter just started preschool, and I have to make a conscious effort to be like, I can't wear this shirt. Yeah. to drop my daughter off. I can't do it. Mm. Like I can't have 
I can't wear my exorcist shirt to, <laughs> to yeah. drop off. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely in the back of my mind a lot to be like, I can't freak out the normies around here, man. Um, for sure. <laughs> Shoot. My wife so, just started teaching at, uh, like a, uh, a Methodist church, which is basically a preschool where my daughter goes. And then like, yeah. I go and pick up the, you know, it's the same. Yeah. My, yeah. my daughter goes to a Methodist preschool. So. And, yeah. and we are not, you know, our family is not like a religious unit and it's always kind of like, she's like, but uh, please don't, you know, I work here now. Like, don't, uh, don't overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I can't scrub off the tattoos. Yeah. So. <laughs> but what were you going to say, man? I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh, no worries. I, I, I work for a surf shop. And so, you know, the vibe on the beach here is very, you know, like surfer bro or like salt life or just sublime is the best band in the world. Yeah. And so, you know, I go and I'll wear my Suspiria shirt to work, and people are like, "Is that blood on your shirt?" <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Their cool surfboard. movie, and yeah. they're like, "It's scary. I don't like it." I'm like, "The shirt isn't even like really that scary looking. I don't know. It's a ballerina." Yeah, you know, but yeah, it's it's a different vibe here. People think people lump you in if you like scary stuff. People lump you into either being I don't know, like a goth kid or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a whole different realm of things. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, we deal with the same stuff for sure. And that part of why we wanted to do this podcast, honestly, is to kind of demonstrate that, like, you can be a company executive or you can be a, a dad or you can be an uncle or you could be whoever. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you like what you like. And sometimes it's alternative taste. And um, sometimes it's not the most popular opinion. But like we found ourselves in scenarios, you know, as the kids were growing up, like, Oh yeah, I shouldn't wear this. Or like, I shouldn't mention that, or I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that. And then we kind of got to a point where it was like, you know what? No, we should, because like, this is what we like and it's our thing and we shouldn't be ashamed of it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. And people don't have to accept it or like, like it, but it's completely fine to like it yourself, you know? And yeah. um, yeah. So that, that kind of was part of the inspiration behind this entire project to begin with so it's awesome to know that you guys sort of champion that uh down the outer banks for sure yeah i love that conversely when we go to the outer banks i'm always like dressed in my horror stuff and by the end of the week john's like jamie you put a salt life sticker on the rental car like you're you're wearing surfing <laughs> hey, uh, t-shirts what the fuck? your shell necklace to open my uh <laughs> yeah i'm like blowing out of my conch shell like rounding up the troops to go home Oh my! You have two Yeti coolers on your shoulder. Yeah, just dude. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah! Nice. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So you guys are a year old. You do um, merch in apparel, yeah. Uh, so, talk about like some of the stuff that you guys do and um, where it can be found, and um, sort of the inspiration behind some of the specific projects you do, like how you select what what films to represent, I guess. Yeah. So we, so after we did our Halloween launch, it was really interesting to move through that experience because we started off with Halloween stuff. And so we had a lot of people that found us that were specifically Halloween centered and we made a really hard right turn into very specific horror themed t-shirts. So we, I mean, I know Halloween and, and horror, you know, kind of walk hand in hand most, most of the time. But when you, you, you find a brand that you really like and you're expecting a certain thing from them, we were, 
we felt like we were almost starting over after starting the, the brand by launching into our horror movie shirt. So our first shirt that we did was 28 days later and from a horror perspective. And that movie was super special to us in our like intro into the, the whole horror genre, not just what gets, you know, necessarily released on a, a yearly basis from like the big companies. Like there was something so different and so special about that movie that it's attached itself to us, even from the trailer that watching it on TV like, resonated with us to this day. Like we, you know, you can remember where you first watched that trailer for at least we can. And uh, so we, we, with every shirt that we do, we want to make sure that there's that personal story that's attached to the, the design, to the whole theme of, of what we come up with, because, you know, if we're not passionate about it, it's going to be, we, how can we expect someone who buys it to be passionate about it? We want to feel like when we, when you get something from us, it's a hundred percent what we, what we think about the movie and hopefully you do too. So a lot of the elements that ultimately end up in the design are very personal to us. And it's not just something that we threw together because we thought it ultimately looked cool. Cause hopefully it does, but there's something definitely more, more complex that's going on um, at least for in the way that we look at it. And hopefully that doesn't sound pretentious, but that's definitely, that's definitely the way we look at it. That's a special film, 100%. And, and part of what we love and, you know, this is you guys coming on is not like a surprise of like, Oh, we accidentally came across one another. It was like, we deliberately reached out and said like shitload in common in general with you guys. And, and also as purchasers of your product, like it is completely above and beyond. And what you described is, is very transparent and in the product that you deliver. So it's not like, cool, I got a t-shirt that's on like a uh, paper bag Gildan, you know, uh, t-shirt template. It's like a wonderful shirt that comes with a bunch of extra perks that are super well thought out, really creative, and they make you grin like a moron when you're Jamie and 40 or me and 34 yeah. uh, years old and you're just like super fucking stoked to have it in your hands and you're like, this is so cool uh, and I can't wait to order the next thing and and pull up uh, from work and hope that that package is sitting on the, uh, on the front door. Um, and if it's not, you feel like, ah, shit, well, hopefully tomorrow it's there. And there are not a ton of things that make you feel that way anymore, you know? Sure. Yeah. And that was something that we really wanted to be able, like, we, so we're an online company. So we wanted to be able to impart like this feeling that we were there with you. So by surprise, like wanting to surprise anybody who gets a shirt from us with like, extra goodies that are themed with the, with the movie, like we're there with you opening that package up. Like we want to do like, you know, like writing you a thank you note, making sure that you understand that we truly appreciate the support that you give us in any way. And so that when you do open that package, we're there experiencing it with you. So like you open it up and there's all these different things that fall out of the shirt and you're like, what is going on? And that we want it to feel special uh, to you as the, as the customer and whoever gets the shirt. Well, it translates. Um, you know what's funny is the first package I got from you guys was the uh, <clears throat> Night of the Comet. And my wife, uh, I was just over the moon excited about the comet dust that came with it. And um, I think we had like cremated remains, came in like a little brown paper bag, uh, came in my package as well. And my wife was like, uh, I had a previous favorite uh, T-shirt company that I'm not going to mention. So my wife says to me, she's like, oh. Company X better step their game up, huh? And I was like, you are damn right. I was like, these guys are doing it right. 
Well, the biggest thing with the extras came from just the fact that when we would design a shirt, we would, we couldn't fit everything that we loved about a movie in it. So part of the process of even wanting to make these shirts was because there's, you know, I felt as the designer, like there's a, as, and as somebody that buys horror shirts, there's a lot of shirts that I don't want to buy because they're either just like crazy busy and so much going on, or it's just simply just the poster art slapped on a shirt, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and it didn't have like a conceptual creative eye to it, you know, taking it beyond just using the art that only exists and, you know, making money off of that. Um, we really wanted to like push it from, you know, how do we see the film? What's special about it to us? And so then the extras just became, you know, an add on from that because we couldn't fit everything onto one design. So we had to <laughs> include it in the package and send people sand, you know? So, yeah. And ultimately we want, we want you to feel like, or what, what we want to feel when we're packing up the orders is like, I can't believe we're sending somebody this. So like, <laughs> For instance, with the brain scan shirt that we just did, we sent people miniature f- little feet because in the in the movie, like a big uh, like a plot point in the movie is a foot, like yeah. a chopped off foot. So we just sent people a foot, and like obviously you'd only get that if you really love the movie, and that's and it's just something completely silly. And we're packing that up. We're like, look, we're sending people feet. This is ridiculous. And but then people get it and they're they're super stoked and just as they're just as like. Uh, tickled by it as we are when <laughs> when we come up with the idea and that that's it's really fun and so probably it's a 50 50 split between like coming up with the actual shirt and then coming up with the extras that go with the shirt it's like mm-hmm. we put as ju- it's just as much fun for us to do that that it is with the with the shirt itself yeah definitely yeah and what came with your um nightmare on street shirt jamie the sleep kills so i got those yeah. the hot pink sleep kills sunglasses and then the bag of coffee which i'm not joking i smell that bag of coffee every day I have it sitting on my bookshelf, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to smell my coffee. I got to give a shout-out to our best bud, Philip, uh, who owns that coffee company um, and roasts the coffee himself. Uh, it's Broad Porch Coffee Co., and it's Harrisonburg, Virginia, where he does all of that. And he was in a band with us in high school, like one of my best friends growing up. And uh, so it was just a natural you know, once we started Toxic Coffin, he had, he was like a big inspiration for us to even do what we're doing now because he was the first person to do his own business. And yep. so we're like, heck yeah, Philip can do this. He loves, you know, this whole world. Like we can do this. And once we started, he said, okay, it's too soon now, but next year, a hundred percent, we got to do some kind of collab. And so the nightmare was a perfect opportunity to send out samples of coffee. And then Ultimately, we ended up doing this coffee collab with him for our Halloween collection this year. Uh, so we were like, let's send out samples of coffee to the masses, get them addicted, and then they have to buy the coffee. So <laughs> really cool. Uh, so are your are your wives into the the project? Uh, are they into horror? <laughs> like, how's the the family life with with the uh, with the passion? I'd say they're stoked on the project. Um, my wife isn't that into horror movies. She was it's funny because I feel like I'm always trying to get her to watch movies. I'm like, you used to watch a lot of stuff. And she was like, no, we were just in high school and I wanted to hang out with you and we'd go to movies, you know? And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause I met my wife in high school. We were, you know, high school sweethearts and whatnot. So we've had a long time together. Um, but 
now she's I'm she's like I've experienced the world too much and horror movies are way too triggering and this shit is not cool. <laughs> um, but I usually, I get one movie every October to watch with her at least every once in a while she'll throw me a bone, but uh, every October she's like, all right, fine, whatever you want to watch, we'll watch it. And last year, uh, last year I made her watch Midsummer, and oh, I, cause I thought I was like, Oh, you know, it's like colorful. It's pretty. It's more like an artsy yeah. film. She's going to dig this. And I pulled a classic, you know, same thing being like, yeah, Martyrs is fun. You guys should watch this. <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> Cause I have no, I have uh, my level now is just, I guess I just have no filter anymore. You get that and, way. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Also and when you're that was, close to the project, like your nose is in it. You're like, people get this right. Like, yeah. Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So we watched that and man, the, you know, and spoilers, if anybody hasn't seen the movie, but, uh, the whole cliff scene once it hits that because that's a real first like graphic point Oof, of the movie yeah and uh the sound design she, on that she, is is something <laughs> yeah she 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 was just, uh, visibly just gets immediately upset it's just like steve okay this is like i don't know if i can do this and i and i start laughing and she's like oh so you think this is funny i'm like no i'm laughing because i completely misread this movie for you and how awkward the situation is and how absurd this is i'm sorry so yeah i i had I one shot back, now i gotta uh, wait till next down. year <laughs> yeah lance I've what been, about you man like what what's how's your oh yeah my my wife doesn't is doesn't vibe with horror movies at all um she but she's epically supportive of of the of the business itself my wife um has her own small uh small business and she's she's done that since college and she's maintained it throughout her professional life um she makes leather handbags that are from repurposed materials so she'll find like old uh, quilted blankets or military material and stuff like that. And so she'll make her own, uh, her own bags. And she's done that for a a long time. And um, so she, she really understands like what we're going through and she's actually really, really helpful in doing, making a lot of decisions and preparing for certain things. Like she has a, a really great perspective on what we're going through and it, it's really helped us. So yeah, she's, she's tremendously helpful from a business perspective and supporting us and what we are passionate about. But trying to get her to watch a horror movie is a lost cause, and I don't, I don't even, I don't even mess with it anymore. So you don't. But my you daughter, don't my daughter loves my daughter loves spooky stuff, which is my favorite thing in the entire world. Like getting this girl to not want to watch Hocus Pocus or like Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas is is hard to do. So yeah, I'm, that's great. I'm excited for I'm excited for our journey together and being able to show her all that kind of stuff when she gets older. Yeah, man. yeah, we both have definitely helped facilitate spooky kids. Uh, <laughs> my daughter is obsessed with uh the the box art for fright night and wants to know who the girl is with like the alligator mouth and is constantly like can you google search that image i just want (laughs) to stare at it and uh she's always asking me like when can i watch you know that freddy movie or that jason movie and i'm like not not yet not yet (laughs) yet. so uh but she likes she's like really into stranger things right now and you know yeah she likes I wanted to ask you guys: Do you have a favorite design that you that you've done? Yeah, Yeah. a favorite T-shirt design that you've done. I feel like it always it always changes because we get. I mean, at least for me, so I I create all the art for the brand. Um, So I feel like it's a classic 
designer thing where it's like you make one and then you hate it and then yeah. you love the next one then you hate that until you have the next you know so every single one i'm like i like this one now i like this one um same, i don't know that being a musician is the same thing it's like this is the best song i've ever made yeah totally. yeah um but maybe i don't know maybe our mandy shirt might be my favorite um it's so tough because a lot of things factor into why i like the shirt you sure. know so whether it's how important of a film it is to us like i mean fright night i love god i love that shirt too you know but that movie is so special to me you know um and that's probably why i like the design so much and then you know we did our fright night two shirts and then just because of the amount of more community type resonance that we created with that shirt the amount of people that like reach out to us and talk to us about that film then i was like i love this shirt the most because (laughs) this is the one that like made us have the most horror-based conversations life-based conversations um because of that movie and it felt very communal more so than any of the other shirts that we've done so i don't know it's, it's just always changing i guess but yeah, I guess I don't have as much of like kill your babies vibe as Steven does because he's, you know, he has, he has to come up with something, you know, so specific for a new movie every time. But when I when you when when you ask me, like, what is our favorite? The first thing that comes to mind is is the, our Rosemary's Baby shirt. Yeah. Um, Amazing shirt. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that shirt. And it's one of the ones I wear the most as, you know, just a shirt that I, it, when I look at my giant drawer of horror t-shirts yeah. and I'm trying to decide which one I want to pick, my hand fall, kind of falls to Rosemary's Baby more often than not and um, when it's clean. And uh, I love that one just because of the relationship that I developed with the movie because of doing the shirt. So, I mean, I've always loved Rosemary's Baby. I, I remember it so distinctly f- in throughout my life because my mom said it was her like it was her the scariest movie she had ever seen like her scariest movie and obviously for any mom you could definitely understand why yeah but um so that it always stuck in my head and so watching it for designing the shirt like when we were coming up ideas with what we want the shirt to be i was really struck by the way that the bramford hotel in the movie is like its own character throughout the movie like without that building, there is no movie and how it, it has its own presence and its own embodiment of the horror that goes on within that building and the history that it, that a space can kind of hold for so long. And, you know, so that's how we ended up settling on doing the, the building as the main focal point of the design. And it's something about it is just it just it's changed that movie for me into being one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, it just I, I just love it so much. So, so that's probably you know, I have the same exact feelings that Steven does about the every shirt that we make, but if I'm going to put like a personal uh, touch on any of them, it's definitely that Rosemary's baby one. How do you guys decide what, um, is it seasonality that dictates it or just like you, you love certain films and you just want to make, you know, art based off of it. Does art dictate the film or does the film dictate the art? I guess what's the decision-making process like? Mm, we, I mean, there's a couple of factors. We'll, we'll try to see, first of all, who's making what already. Um, and then if it's something that's been done a whole bunch, we try to avoid it just, you know, cause we don't want to be white noise. And then especially if it's a bigger company, you know, it almost 
doesn't really help us because then we're just competing with a brand we can't compete with. Um, and eventually we figure we'll get to some of those shirts. The other thing is uh, licensing. So we're still like a small enough brand that we can kind of like skirt under the radar for a lot of licensed stuff. And then just in general, you know, more obscure films, nobody's going to care that you make, you know, a shirt for it. Like we did the night of the comet shirt was one and we had Kelly Maroney and uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, the two main girls in the film, and they're hitting us up and we like sent them, you know, shirts and stuff like that. And they're talking about, it, and they're super hyped and there's not a care in the world over like, Hey, you guys probably can't make this, you know? Um, what a fucking which, experience for you guys. Yeah. Though. Like growing up with that. <laughs> oh movie. yeah. Oh my God. It was, it's oh, that's um, amazing. I've been over here with my jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah well the funny the one of the funniest things about that whole experience was uh <laughs> kelly maroney messaged us he was like i had an idea for comet dust and no one thought it was a good idea and you guys did it and we're so glad you did it was like uh, so funny and so charming like she is she has been incredible to correspond with and like she you know we we like we were biting at the you know chopping at the bit to send her stuff as mm-hmm. as soon as we found out she was that she liked it. So yeah, she like oh, messaged us on Facebook and was just like, I'd, I'd like to buy a shirt. Uh, can you tell me how I do this? You know? And I was like, uh, yeah, we're going to send you shirts, please. And then yeah. she was like, okay. She's like, my husband never gets any stuff too. And I was like, yeah, whatever you want. Like, please, <laughs> you are, address, you are, your face is literally yeah. on this shirt. You can have as much like, please. Like <laughs> you're the reason we love this oh, movie. That is yeah. unbelievable. Uh, That's so cool. So, yeah, so we've, so that's, that's been rad, but then, um, you know, we ran into the same issue, kind of a similar issue with doing our Mandy shirt is we dropped the Mandy shirt. It wasn't licensed. And then we got an email within 24 hours. I was like, don't do this. And it was from the rights company. Um, and then, but they were super friendly and they're like, but you can work with us and make this shirt. And we're like, cool. Yeah, this is a hundred percent what we wanted to do because it's it's hard. You don't the, to get a license for a t-shirt design isn't as simple as you would think. You yeah. don't just it's not just the the you know uh, production studio that owns the merchandising rights for a film. So it might be some. You know, it's not like you fucking dude. call like one eight hundred license and you're like, hey, oh, cool. Totally. Uh, yeah. I'd like to order a Mandy pizza real quick, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. no, it's And we would one hundred percent. We want to go through those channels, like by yeah. all means, like if we could reach every single film and do it in that manner, we would, but it just, in some ways, it's just, it feels almost impossible. I mean, like um, a, a license is almost like a, like a website, like a domain name. Like, so yeah. if, if, if someone like loses the license for it or that someone else buys the license from someone else, like it could be some dude in Oklahoma that owns the lights, the rights to basket case. I don't know who does, but I mean, there's yeah. an example, yeah, yeah. like it could be some random dude, like you have no idea. And so trying to get a hold of that one person to sign a contract to say you can mm-hmm. do it. And it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty complicated. And, um, so yeah, it's the, but our Mandy experience was fantastic. I mean, and being able to work with them to come up with the design that we have. That was another funny thing too, where we were trying to like talk with them because, you know, we're a small brand and a lot of times the license it's, you have to pay to play, you yeah. know, kind of thing plus royalties and, the the company that owns uh the rights to mandy is legion m and shout out to them because they're incredible their whole thing is like for the fans by the fans kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they were just like we want to support small businesses like we want to help you guys out we don't care if you're selling you know 
20 shirts or if you're selling 2000 shirts we're just happy that you want to exist and support this film because that's the most important thing is you guys are putting the passion to it and so that was rad and like talking with them about like how many like in our contract like how many samples we need to provide and stuff like that and you know we're like we don't print that many shirts so like we can't give you so many and they're like well that's fine but like you know like panos and like elijah wood they'll probably want a couple shirts and we're like yeah that's fine whatever <laughs> like cool 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 so it's like it, we're still in that mode of just making stuff and then these little moments happen we're like oh yeah like there's like these cool things that could potentially come out of it, which has been awesome. But, but aside from just like the, so the license is definitely holds uh sorry, it was a little tangent, but like licensing is a big thing. If there's a film that we feel like is going to be touchy to release or work with their intellectual property, then you would try to avoid that just because, you know, we can't afford to just get shut down over stuff like that. We don't want to make a costly mistake. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and we don't tend to do a lot of pre-orders often um, because we're impatient <laughs> and, and we don't want to have to like wait, have people wait two months to get our t-shirt, you know, cause when you do a pre-order, you know, you gotta, you know, even for us at the size we are, we would probably have to do like a week's pre-order to get a decent amount of orders. And then then sending it off to a printer and hoping that their, you know, timelines aren't backed up. And then even just with COVID delays and everything, like it just adds up. So it could take, you know, a month and a half, two months for somebody to get a shirt. And that didn't really vibe with us. You know, we want to get it in the hands as much as possible, you know, for everybody. Um, so that's a big factor. And then I don't know, really what it boils down to is just picking stuff that we love um, and, having or if we don't have a shirt for it you know we're like let's make a shirt for this we don't own this yeah um, but yeah oh, i love that too like you know what i need a nightmare on elm street shirt let's just do it let's yeah. make one that's my favorite shirt from you guys ah oh, thanks i awesome. love it yeah i love that one i got my fright night shirt on right this second and this is my favorite but... dude so oh, good hell yeah. i wore my um i know what you did last summer shirt because i know that these guys are from down like coastal carolina oh, where yeah. the movie took place v- very relevant yeah yeah i'll hug you guys all of, all of you <laughs> hey I'll, come I'll down come down here on vacation i'll hug you back <laughs> i'll just be wearing a slicker yeah just waving to you with a hook, like in your front yard. Hey guys! Like, actually, I uh, changed my mind. I'm not gonna hug you if you wouldn't mind just fucking getting away from my family. Yeah, uh, it's hilarious. Um, I'm sure if you showed up like that, my daughter would just be like, "Oh, is that that's Jason or that who is that's who is that Michael Myers? I don't know who that is. One of those guys, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, no you should be scared of this situation. Uh, <laughs> this is this genuinely is scary. Not okay." Uh, deranged, <laughs> deranged dad out there. Uh, yeah. So you guys did some, uh, was this your first time doing conferences or cons? Yeah, we did our first con in July, uh, this event called scares that cares, um, which is this super, super rad, um, like all charity based event. Um, everything that they take in, they give to families that are, you know, dealing, uh, with some kind of family hardship, whether it's cancer or, you know, people that are like burn victims and stuff. So I think they try to raise like $10,000 for every one of their recipients. And they usually have like three or four of them. And I think every year they've always met their goals for that. And so it's, it's really cool. It's fucking Um, incredible. It's, it's, 
we I've never really gone to trade shows other than through work. So I've gone to like surf and I worked in the snowboard industry. So I've done like that whole thing. Um, I've never been to any of, you know, more of like the fan convention type stuff. Um, but everybody that we talked to that was there was just saying, you know, this event in particular has a different energy to it. People are just happy and just like stoked. I mean, everybody's happy to be at those kind of things, but because of the, the, uh, you know, the charity aspect to it, it just adds like a whole different like spirit to everybody's experience. So it was really cool. And, you know, got to meet a lot of rad people. Um, it's the first time that we've been able to talk with anybody face to face about our company other than just like through Instagram, which was another cool thing and like physically show them products and nerd out for, you know, we, we, they'd be like, Hey, this shirt's cool. And then 10 minutes later, we're talking about, you know, a film, you know, which is the coolest part. I mean, that's why we're there. It's why we love doing what we do. So yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was good times. Did you share a booth with, um, the dude from horror flicks? Trash mouth. Yeah. Yep. Tim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so again, another thing that's been like just the coolest part of starting this is, you know, Tim started hitting us up and we were just chatting and stuff. And then I think it was last Halloween, we tagged like one of our posts, kill devil Hills. And he's like, Oh shit. Are you guys in the outer banks? And he's like, I'm in Elizabeth city. He's like, I'm just an hour away from you guys. And so, which is, it's an hour away only because you have to go through like the country. So it's really not even that far. It's probably like 50 miles. Yeah. If it's that. that far. Um, and, and so, yeah. So then from there we're, we've, you know, hung out, he works for a movie theater. We went and visited him, got to go see, we went and, uh, before his theater like opened up full time, like we watched Jacob's wife on big screen there and uh, yeah, we just chat with him all the time. And then, you know, it was like, an easy decision. He actually hit us up and was like, do you want to share a table for this event? And we were like, hell yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, oh, awesome. we got to have a fun weekend from someone that we met from starting this, you know, starting toxic coffin. That's honestly, that's been the, one of the main reasons we started it because we wanted to be a part of this community in some way, like just contribute in some, in some fun way. And, but meeting all these different people like you guys, for instance, and, and Tim and just so many really rad people to talk to and be able to share in our passions too. Cause you know, living in a, a relatively small town, there's not as many people that you can talk to. We do have a really cool, like core group of people that go see horror movies down here together, but it's, it's really nice to feel less weird all the time because <laughs> you have yeah. that, that, uh, that yeah. like all the same stuff that you do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been really, really special and, and he's, really fast. He's, he's great. Like he, uh, yeah. Tim's great, great podcast. Dude. Great dude. Yeah. We've, uh, we actually, so our, our Patreon, we, uh, for our, like our top tier on our Patreon, we do a watch through episode every month for, for our patrons. And then our top tier, we actually have, uh, a patron each <laughs> month join us and we watch through the movie with them. Um, and our buddy, uh, Chris Obert, who we did, uh, the last watch through with, we were like, Hey, how'd you find out about us? And he was like, Oh, I listened to this uh, podcast called, uh, horror flicks and guitar picks. And he mentioned you guys and he was, and he's like, I'm a dad and I love horror movies. So I was like really into the idea of horror dads. So I checked it out and, and it just, when, when he told us that I was like, I'll, I'll fucking send that guy flowers right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just so cool. And he's great. And his podcast is great. And Jamie and I are both musicians and, and, and love music. And yep. he's got some great guests on there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't checked out Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks, do it. He has some really really awesome guests on there. Yeah. It was really funny because another link up between you know the small world scenario between like horror movies and like metal music and stuff. Our one of our best friends, uh, his name's Knox, and he's in this band called Enforced, and uh, he was on Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks, and so that's how like we found out about yeah. it and list, start first started listening to his podcast and. It was just it's just so funny, such a small world that yeah. we're all still intertwined together. Yeah, but but before we jump into the into the movies, I just wanted to tell you guys how much we really enjoy your podcast too. Um, and being able to be on this podcast has been a really fun honor for us because the the some of the people that you've had on have been so cool to listen to. So just be a part of that group is really fun, and we really appreciate you asking us to do this, and we're really excited to to be able to hear, be on here and talk movies with you and, and share our story with you. Oh, we appreciate that so much. And it's, it's our honor guys, honestly. Yeah. We're yeah. so stoked this to is, have you guys on. Yes, yeah, it's great. We're, we're, we're pleased to do this. And I just, I, I told my wife tonight, like we were, we went out to, we went golfing and went to dinner and stuff. And I was like, I'm just really looking forward to this session. I know it's going to be great. Um, yeah. and it has been. And, um, little do you know that we're going to be talking for like four more hours tonight and, <laughs> No one's going to bed. Yeah. So we're going to be FaceTiming while we're driving in North Carolina. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. All right. So let's get uh cultish. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Do you guys want to go in uh, what order? Like chronological to uh, the year they were released maybe? Yeah, we could do that. That way we could get the one that bummed you guys out the most done with. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get that. We'll, mm. Let's get that going first. All right. So we're heading to 2015 the most depressing year of anyone's life because this movie came out. Um, and this film is called Martyrs. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce this film, uh, Martyrs from 2015, talk about it a little bit, and let us know what we're all in store for. <sighs> well, let's start with a disclaimer that we should have given you before we asked you to watch it for us on this episode. <laughs> this movie is supremely heavy and has a, re- a lot of really sensitive subject matter in it. Uh, so if you if you find yourself a sensitive person, probably you shouldn't watch this movie. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it fits the bill for the the task at hand. So we're talking about cult based horror films, right? So, um, and if I if you don't mind interjecting, I think the French one technically came out in two thousand eight. The American one is two thousand fifteen. Uh, okay, I think. Don't quote me on that, but you're I right. Think I think you're right. exactly right. So we're going to talk about probably both a little bit, but the the one that you guys selected was the twenty two thousand eight French original version. Yes. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it it. The, the movie follows a lot of twists and turns, but it's basically a, it starts out, it starts off as a, I guess, a more of a revenge horror home invasion type situation and kind of morphs its way through a lot of different things and ultimately ends in um, a lot of torture, um, but it's all 
grounded. I don't know how much we want to give away. I mean, I feel like we have to give away a lot of the movie to even to really talk about it. But yeah, it's not um, it's not yeah. senseless here. So there is all of those items, right? And like you're very confused off the get, and you're like, what is happening here? What is this? Is this? And and you're kind of like following it, trying to think in your head, like, all right, there's a disagreement between our our two main characters, like who's right, who's wrong. Um, so. And let me preface with, I watched the American version and some of the French version. Jamie, you watched the French version. Yeah, I did not watch the American version. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Lance and Steven, you guys have seen both, correct? I've, I, Lance, I, Lance, have only seen the French version because I can't imagine putting myself through watching what I've, what I've heard is a, is a worse version of the movie that is already tough. Wait, the American <laughs> one is worse? It's well, not worse from a like hard to watch standpoint, but the and we'll get into this, but like the American version 100% misses a lot of the tone and the mark of it. So, like, so the original martyrs, like, the whole purpose of it is you know, they're trying to create martyrs, you know, to 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 find this moment that people have a speaking point with God or see the afterlife and figure out what that is, you know, beyond the veil. And, uh, so these people have to go through all this immense torture, but something about the American version feels like. They it, mention it, it at like, the end, but don't, they're like, they Oh yeah, have, that's the point of this. Yeah. They just have well, they, take but they, they like lessened the, the, the torture doesn't like in the, so I read an article about martyrs where they said like, the the French one specifically was like the torture porn movie to end all torture porns. And one of the only torture movies where the torture is actually like weirdly justified. Cause you can't have that movie without it. And it's not, it's not from the viewpoint of like, it, it's not like a, like sadomasochist, like, like people are getting off on it. You know, it's purely like, it's almost like a science experiment where it's like, all, like we're just doing this because this is our regiment and we're having to, but something about the American one feels grosser. And like, uh, even, even moments within the film where like the people are, uh, that are, uh, brandishing the torture on the person, you know, like they have like a glint in their eyes where it almost seems like they're enjoying it. I don't know. It just, it feels, it feels like classic, uh, like they, they turned it into like, Oh yeah. Like let's make this like movie about gore as opposed to like what the actual subject matter is. So that that's my biggest gripe between the two. But, Americans, uh, yeah. yeah, we Let's do that. make that chicken patty four times the size. Yeah. Well, they they like make and it. Half they the, make taste. the, yeah. the American one is like shinier in a way, and it has like a, uh, it has like a teen horror vibe to it almost. Oh. with combined with the whole torture aspect of it, whereas the French one just feels like a gritty raw story from the beginning to the end definitely and and in the french one is a thousand times more graphic than the american one um but somehow because the american one does a lot of more uh cutaways in this the actual torture segments and stuff like that um it almost makes it harder to watch because it feels like you don't know when you're going to get hit with something really graphic. Whereas the French one, it just happens from the beginning and you're just there. And it almost like weirdly like normalizes it to a, to a yeah. point, I guess. Yeah. By the know. end you're like, Oh, it's just, she just has no skin. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I probably one of, so to get into why we love this movie, sure. um, 
because I mean, from, <laughs> from talking about it, it's like, Oh, you just watched a torture porn movie and you guys love torture porn. And that's not <laughs> true at all. Like I, I actually really do not like that. in in what I'm looking for in a horror movie whatsoever, but the way that, because the first time I ever watched this movie, I was on a business trip. I had brought my Xbox to the, on the business trip. Cause I wanted to play destiny while I was on this trip. And I, I, downloaded this movie on voodoo and watched it because Henry from last podcast on the left said it was a, a great movie. So I jumped in with it, you know, without even knowing anything. So I'm sitting alone in a, a hotel room watching this movie, oh, but, um, did you have kids at the time? What's that? Did you have kids at the time? No. And this is something, okay. you know, after listening to your podcast, I I'm curious what, how you guys, how your life has changed since that happened, you know? Um, because when I did watch it, I, through horror movies and through my own life experience, like a lot of that fear has like left me, like has evaporated from my body. But a- after having kids and like, there's this new layer of fear. Like I'm worried. I'm, I'm seeing whatever's happening to these characters as my own children. Mm. So it adds this new layer to what I'm experiencing. I'm not really worried about it from myself, from a personal perspective. I'm worried about it as I'm worried about it for them. Yeah. So it kind of changed up my whole, like, um, my barrier to sensitivity is kind of lessened a lot. So like I'm much more sensitive to that kind of stuff than I ever have been just after having kids. If you ask the question, like how has your life changed after that, as it pertains to this, like my short answer is I'm much more sensitive, like yeah. 100%. And we were actually talking last night. Um, you know, Jamie and I both really like heavy music. I think we, we all do. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I fuck like for whatever reason, like I will be driving around listening to Touche Amore, like stage four, which yeah. is a f- heavy fucking album. Uh, mm-hmm. Not musically heavy, but like heavy content wise and somewhat mm-hmm. musically heavy. Um, and I'll cry. Like I will just fucking like tear up listening to that. And like uh, Gabe Reasoner, who we've had on the podcast, like careful gaze, certain tracks um, that they do, you know, um, yeah, you you won't hesitate to cry. To I will, song. and I'll text yeah. Jamie. I'll be like, I don't know, just like <clears throat> I'm going through menopause, man. Like I'm I always just, like, suck it up, dude. I just teared up uh, listening to the, this song, just driving around, and I yeah. I feel that way, especially with with movies too. Like there's, I, a, yeah. there's a song from that first Movements EP oh, that dude. you will, yeah. Movements, get me in there. Yeah, uh, being as an ocean too has a track about their their mom dying. Yeah, oh my god, I'll cry yeah. talking about it. Um, but this movie, I watched it, and then after watching it, I, I, I think I messaged you guys. I went upstairs, and my both my kids, um, my girls, still sleep in the same room, um, and I went and slept on the floor. And my wife was like, "What the fuck was going on last night in there? You're laying down like a snow angel." And I was like, "Well, just uh, laying with my kids." You know? yeah. I love, I love my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I. I my, so my appreciation and, and, and sensitivity to different things in horror has changed since having kids and watching it to prepare for this episode with you guys, because it's definitely one of those movies that you watch it once, you get it, and I probably won't watch it again. But since we were talking about cults and different movies that we were passionate about that didn't necessarily sit in the, you know, the typical ones that you might think of to talk about, because we we wanted to talk about something different, something that, you know, we haven't really talked about in a long time. And that's why martyrs came up for us. But the, the way that that movie moves and changes up what's going on, especially for a first time viewer, like you, you start off and you think it may be something like ring related, like 
trauma with like a demon chasing this, mm-hmm. this character around and she's dealing with all of this stuff that's going on. It's manifesting in all these really brutal ways. And you have d- different breaks in reality from her best friend that's watching all these things happen. And you're not really sure what's going on and, and what the ultimate goal of the story is. And all these things start to change and all these doors open up and all this stuff just starts to, to manifest itself throughout the movie. And you get to this point where, like Steven said, the, the torture part is, I mean, it, it's hard to, it's, it's a difficult thing to say, but throughout the movie, there, there is a reason for why they're doing the torture. So the, something that's really fascinating to me from like a religious perspective in that movie is in the past, whenever you look at um, like an image of a saint or a martyr or anything like that, they always have this upward gaze in the paintings that you've seen of them. And they have this very distinct way that they were always painted. So these this cult that's using these uh, these people to try and reach this certain state are using kind of this ancient um, like myth or anything like what we would view as a martyr and trying to create that now in the present day with like the scientific method and how would we achieve this in a certain uh, in a certain way. And there's something really interesting in the way that that it manifests itself throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't, it feels like there's a reason why you're watching all of this instead of, it's just, we're watching it because we like something brutal. We're watching this because these, these group of people are trying to reach this goal. And it's very, it's curious because I'm, you know, afterlife and stuff like that is really, really fascinating to me. And, and those transcendent states and stuff like that is, is really interesting to me as well. So being able to see a movie that's approaching this in like trying to reach some kind of enlightenment through pain is, is interesting. So that, that's really why I enjoy the movie as much as I can uh, sit through it. Um, but like, that's what gets me. That's what gets me through it is that aspect of the movie. What, what are your thoughts on the movie, Jamie? It's depressing in a way where like, so that first half I was like expecting torture porn and I told my wife, I was like, oh, she didn't watch it with me. Um, but she had read the reviews and stuff. And she was like, I'm not watching this. Like, this is just not my thing. <laughs> so I watched it by myself. And then she kept, like, checking in on me. Like, how is it? How are you? I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is just like a revenge movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Like, I'm into revenge movies, you know. And then, uh, like, five minutes after I sent that text, I sent another one that was like, it just got r- way worse. <sighs> Um, I'm in a different movie now yeah, and I'm not happy (laughs) because like, you know, when she discovers the secret door to the, you're like, all right, we're uncovering all this shit. Now let's bring the news cameras down. You guys are busted as fuck. And then James uh, Bond's going to come in here and we're all going to be good. Yeah. And then it's like, honestly, like you said, Steven, like you kind of, uh, put yourself in there. Like I felt like I was fucking locked up in there, you know? So, and once you once you get that interview with the fucking woman, the main woman, yeah, I don't know what yeah. her name was. Ugh. Uh, but like when she is revealing the entire plot, essentially, and the entire plan, the entire time I wasn't listening. I was just like, she's going in. They are going to lock her up. She is next. And uh, they end with like young women work best and you're a young woman. So, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. it just took a terrible turn. I mean, then, I have to say, I'm glad I watched it though. Like, I would have, I don't know that I would have ever seen this um, outside of somebody recommending it. So, thank yeah. God you guys re- recommended this to me because sure. 
I honestly, I think this is a must watch for horror fans. Um, yeah, this this is a this is a good one. It's heavy, um, so please don't go into this uh, thinking you're gonna eat ramen noodles and uh, <laughs> drink a carbonated water and go to bed, um, you know, happy and wake up happy because you're not. Yeah, this no, is, this is a heavy one, but it's certainly worth a watch if you're a horror fan, as Jamie mentioned. So, um, so that's Martyrs. So the next film is uh, currently, I think, available on IM imdb.tv the app uh so it's free with uh commercials um but we're heading to 2016 to a film called the void directed by jeremy gillespie and stephen kostansky i can see it all before me Don't get far. I need hands up front for your stretcher. Where'd you find this guy? I need a copy of Code 3 and I need assist. I love this movie so much. Great choice on this one. This movie's great. Of, Of the three, this is certainly my favorite. Um... But this is starring Aaron Poole, Kenneth Welsh. Uh, it, this, okay, so Aaron Poole in this movie is fucking great, by the way. Um, so let me give a brief, brief synopsis uh, for those that might have seen this. But um, so this uh, police officer, uh, Aaron Poole, he uh, delivers a patient to um, a hospital that's like pretty dramatically understaffed. Halloween 2 in there. Dude. I have, look at my note right here. It says, oh. has a vibe of Halloween 2 meets 30 Days of Night. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so he, he brings this uh, this person, this stranger, um, to, uh, to this hospital. Um, and a bunch of like weird, violent occurrences start to, uh, to occur as these hooded figures start to appear um, sort of outside. But uh, Deputy Carter... Uh, is the main guy, and he his fucking performance in this is so good. He's so funny. I love him. Yeah. When those asshole guys uh, come in and yeah. try and like take over, and he's like trying to keep the peace between everybody the entire time. When he goes up to them and he's like, oh, "Okay, fine. Like I'll talk to them about it." <laughs> and he walks up to them and he goes, ah, "May I approach?" Yes. Yes. That's so I was. Good. <laughs> laughing so fucking hard down here watching that movie by myself um but it this this whole movie's well acted i think everyone does a pretty good job um and i think this is an overlooked overlooked film for sure mm-hmm. i actually uh i was this film got super hyped from the beginning because it was one yeah. of those indiegogo crowdfunded films um I'm a huge fan of Steve Konsansky because he's part of uh, this Canadian film group called Astron Six. I don't think they make any movies anymore, um, but he's he's responsible for doing uh, the recent film Psycho Gorman. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys have seen that movie, but yep. oh my god! Yep. Um, but he was doing effects for a lot of these other films um, through Astron Six, which uh, it was like Father's Day. Um, they did the editor, which was like this like comedy love letter to like giallo films um and so i kind of stumbled across them when i was living in vermont and then when i saw the indiegogo for this and it was like 
just everything about like the artwork and stuff like just I was like this looks like the coolest movie ever so I supported that one and uh so it definitely got a lot of hype but then the film itself has as from like a story standpoint like doesn't answer a lot of questions so people were like uh like I think we're a little disappointed so I think that's why not everybody <laughs> talks about it so much anymore but it's interesting I think about the fact that certain aspects of the film don't get answered it almost was like uh sure it you know this movie was a uh, a creature feature special effects like master show off fest like let's let's honor all the films that we love like hellraiser the thing and yeah. and even assault on precinct and uh 13 or whatever um uh event horizon even like there's so many of those like ties and callbacks to other films that it was just like a fun movie. But then like yeah. the story, I think they left it open because to me, it felt like if you were in a scenario where all this shit is going down super quick and in this movie, everything escalates immediately. And it, it's almost like, well, this is how you would deal with it. You don't know the answers to this stuff. You're just dealing with this in the moment. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why there's these crazy road people. Like, you're not going to get those answers being the person in the moment. So to me, that kind of was like fun, like enjoying enjoying it from that aspect, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, it it escalates quickly and it ramps kind of, kind of right up. Uh, and it's fun because like you think of, the environment that they established and they set up and it is like Halloween two in there. It's like, Hey, it's slow in here. We're understaffed. Not a lot going on. There's this tension between, um, the main character and his wife. And, you know, they allude to a bunch of stuff that's happening and you've got this creepy doctor and like, like the setup, you feel like, okay, cool. Like I can roll in here with this. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, there's a level 12 on this amp and they just fucking (laughs) turn it right up like instantly from one to 12 and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. I see what we're doing here. Um, and it really doesn't, it does not slow down, uh, after that. And there's so much chaos and there's so much yelling and there's so much discord. Um, after they kind of create this, like this, like subtle little harmony to kind of get you going. You're like, yeah, no, you know what? I'll hire you. Yeah. You can work here. And then before you know it, you're like, Oh my God, bad hire. Yeah. Like, things got intense quickly but i i i love this movie yeah it's something that we were so excited for when it was coming out and just seeing a lot of the concept art the poster art just rung every bell that we have in terms of what we what we vibe with from a visual aspect and then when we talk about like iconic imagery from the movie like the the cult members in the robes with the triangle over their faces, just so, so cool. strike, so striking, so cool. Um, so that like, that just draws, draws me right in um, from an atmosphere, even from an atmospheric perspective, because they're, 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 they don't do anything other than impose like this energy of hostility and, and foreboding that's going on throughout the whole movie. Um, Could you is, imagine going out to your okay. car and being like, I'm no. just going to radio <laughs> real quick. Like the tension, the, the two scenes that occur, in and around that car um are so tense and so mm-hmm. intense and um and, and well done the the one one complaint i have about this film um well not one but my most prominent complaint about the film uh the end um we don't have to do a spoiler alert but like the way it ends it feels like you're watching an episode of highlander uh, yeah when totally they, yeah <laughs> uh, I- 
that's my one complaint. <laughs> yeah. sure. I get that. It definitely went very cosmic. It's very much to me. It's like, oh, they remade the Beyond. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah, very much the same ending of that. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I don't know. It's I get what you're saying. It it felt a little like we went through all of this and then this is our answer, I guess, yeah. you know, and again, that ties back to like people complaining about a lot of the, like not having some of those stories kind of finalized a little bit, you know? Yeah. So, but. Uh, but Kenneth Welsh's character, I think is fantastic in this. I think his uh, voiceovers as he's working and like, all you can see is his back. Um, and he's got that like such a distinct voice and he's kind of like providing the commentary to the backstory and the reason behind uh, what's going on. Uh, and then you kind of have this little twist ending about um, a cult follower who was like a character that you've been interacting with. Uh, so we don't have to spoil, who, you know, kind of like who that is, but um, it's definitely a shocker. Um, and this, I, this is probably the third time I watched this and that still got me yeah. this time through. I was like, Oh shit, I forgot that, you know, that happens. Um, mm-hmm. So it's fun. This one, this one's good. And I'm, Glad you guys uh, picked this one. Yeah, the creatures, the effects, you know, that's all stuff that's, like, there's not, I don't think there's one piece of CGI in there. Mm. Oh, dude. Yeah. The, you so want to know where the CGI is? The very last scene of the movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. Uh, apparently, the effects were modeled after the the thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel mm. that for sure. Yeah. Well, I felt like that was, like, <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing that they did for the Indiegogo was like really raising the money just so that they could actually afford to do all the effects that they were doing. Yeah. Um, was like the big point. I remember that was like a talking point. Um, and so it felt like that this was the one film that like Steve Kazansky could show off what he can do. Sure. Um, which was super fun to watch and see. Um, yeah. Homie just wanted his daughter back and she was beautiful when she came back. Oh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that scene in the uh, basement, like where there should not have been a staircase and they go down and there's just mm-hmm. all those creatures down there. Like that is dude. So good. It's just a fucking great movie. Mystery yeah. all around. And yeah. you, get, you get down there to the nitty gritty and it's good. Good stuff. All right. We, we want to hit our last cult. Let's do it. Are you going to indoctrinate yourself in this cult, Jamie? No. In, tw- <laughs> in 2018. Uh, all right, you guys want to introduce this movie? Sure, go ahead. Sam. Yeah, uh, 2018, we're covering Mandy, which we did Mandy. our first license shirt for. So nice. we're excited to talk about this a little bit more uh, in depth. this movie is 
this movie was probably like the first film to come out within the last 10 years that really kind of blew our minds that we were just like, Oh, this is different. This is cool. Um, Suspiria is my absolute favorite film of all times, my favorite horror movie. And a lot of that has to deal with how visually stylized it is and how much the music is intertwined with it and everything. And I felt like Mandy, when I first saw that in the amount of like glowing reds and it's, and I don't think the film does it in a way that it's trying to be Suspiria by any means, but it had its own version of that in a modern light, you know, the, the, droning music throughout the film that reminds me of like sun O, you know like just crazy doom metal that's just like full of dread and i don't know that that movie i just saw it and i said okay you know new horror movies are gonna be okay because <laughs> there's this and then and then just the the whole factor of learning that that was through spectra vision. Cause I had no clue what that was at the time and realizing like, this is like an Elijah Wood project, like him, like doing all of this. Um, it, I don't know. It was just really cool. That movie, that movie definitely, you know, hit a lot of chords for me for sure. But yeah, I mean, you, I, I mean, it's hard to not be like, this is the perfect movie for Nicolas Cage to be in. And <laughs> like, it was the, like, it's a parallel universe where like that's that dude is is Nicolas Cage and there's something like all the stuff, same stuff that Steven said but like there's a, a it really does feel like a parallel universe you're you're like getting a view into and you like everything has this its own glow and it's very everything it feels like a dream throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. and then you have this incredible revenge uh horror that takes place between between Red and and the cult and the the demonic biker gang the black, uh, black skulls and yeah so i don't know everything about this movie is just so much fun it's just insanity and yeah we love it yeah those bikers those are cenobites yeah yeah, yeah. they're cenobikers um so <laughs> have you guys ever seen the movie uh joe mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take from your expressions that you have not uh, so I watched this movie just the other day. Like I woke up, <clears throat> I had HBO oh, on. Joe Dirt, yeah, yeah, we've seen it. Um, <laughs> so this movie comes on. It's got Nicolas Cage. It's just starting, and I was like, I'll watch this. I don't know what it is. Uh, the movie was called Joe. It's from 2013. David Gordon Green directed it, who oh, went okay. on to direct Halloween. Um, and it was, it's him and Mandy, uh, but it's just this movie where like. He is like this guy who clears brush and has a bunch of people work for him. And he's just like a drunk, druggy fucking guy that kicks people's asses for no reason. And it's like this Nicholas Cage. He he went through this like he's now in this stage where every character he plays is the same fucking character. I think they found him sort of that way after he squandered his money. And they were like, hey, will you take any role? And he was like, yes, anyone you give me. Yeah, like, okay, cool. You don't have to act all that much. Just be yeah. yourself. Yeah. Just scream a lot. So I, that was the one note I had um, on the most prominent prominent scene that I thought was incredibly well acted was the the scene in the bathroom, sort of after he comes to terms with everything that happened, uh, and he has like he's in his underwear and he's wearing that ridiculous shirt <laughs> and he's just screaming. But like, I after you experience a kind of trauma that way, like I I don't know how you're 
how you or your body reacts. Um, yeah. And honestly, like I looked at that and I was like, well, that's pro- that's probably how you react. Like that. That's I guess that's what you do. Um, oh. But yeah, I thought that that part was super well acted. Um, I feel I, like this movie is if like Steven Seagal did ayahuasca in like one of his. Uh, <laughs> Yes. One of his fucking movies. But okay, so it's interesting that you say that because <laughs> I feel like the first half of this movie is him on ayahuasca. And yeah. then the second half is like I still have a little in my system, but it's mostly worn off. Uh because I do feel like it's two different movies. Like it's pre, oh, yeah. it's it's Mandy and then post Mandy. <laughs> yeah. Um the world of Mandy and then the world without Mandy. Yeah. Um and I I I think it's it's very distinct because like the, the first half, like it's all moody and uh, beautifully shot and rhythmic. And um, there's just like syncopation and discord. That's like, so like it's, it's happening or it's not happening. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's almost like listening to a full orchestra. Mm. Um, and then in, in, in the beginning, like that's very prevalent. And then kind of, it's like, all right, the string broke on the, on the violin here. Once Mandy, you know, what happens to yeah, Mandy yeah. happens. Oh, God, I hate. Yeah. The, the thing is, is I love this movie, but I just hate the fucking, ugh. I, Oof. Shit like that is rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, when you, t- when you talk about, like, the, the, the pre and post Mandy, like, the, her, like, what happens to her, like, you, you get this, like, I feel like he's painting this picture of, like, they have such a balanced and cohesive relationship, and you're seeing this really beautiful relationship take place and and the way that they interact with each other and the life that they've created together. And then what the movie snaps when he snaps. So you break off into this different world after what would happen, you know, what you would do or how you would react after something like that happens to you and how, and how he devolves into the, you know, this, into the same creature that, the same creatures that did this to him, he turns into them and, and fights back against them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it, you know, it takes over that, that revenge aspect, but the beginning of the movie really does give you like this really dreamy, really like pleasant, but un- almost but unsettling at the same time uh, view of their life. And then it gets, you know, flipped upside down, but the, um, the cult aspect of it is really fascinating from like a, you know, a Manson level uh, type of situation that you're yep. seeing. And probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when they, when they drug Mandy and she's, she's sitting in front of him and he's, he's, you know, peacocking around trying to like seduce her and turn her onto his side and pretend like he's some type of disciple of God. Mm-hmm. And she just, and she laughs at him. And like, that's such a badass thing that happens and how it shows like how strong of a person she was, even under the influence of all these drugs. Like she maintains this really clear view of the world that how big of a farce this guy is. And there's a group of people sitting around him that are like his disciples. And she's like, you guys are idiots. Like, look at this dude. Yeah. This is his music. This music sucks. What's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's really cool. That, that scene is really powerful and how she, goes out on her sword. You know what I mean? Like she, she really stands up for herself and maintains a really strong head, even at the end facing mm-hmm. what she's facing. Yeah. yeah that was, was a that badass. Cool scene too was the main reason we did the second design in our collection, just because of how, how much of an impact it had for us, for sure. Showing Mandy and, and uh, 
Jeremiah. and Jeremiah blending together, you know, almost becoming one, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So cool. I think, uh, the cult leader in this, in this movie, he, he acts the shit out of that role too. And even like the way his waves crash, like demonstrates how absolutely and utterly insane he is. Cause he, he goes from this like submissive, like, okay, Hey, can I talk you into this? Like, it's going to be okay. Cool. Like we got this to him just like completely flying right the fuck off the handle and saying like, no, I'm in charge. Like in, in, yeah. in, he goes from like being the victim to being, uh, trying to be the King. And like Nicholas Cage is having none of it from anybody at this point in time. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, again, when you say farce, like he's straw man, you know, he's a straw yeah. man, uh, you know, a straw leader. Um, yeah. so it's, it's cool to see how he like conquered before he physically squeezes his face, um, as, as he does. Um, but like emotionally and mentally, you know, he first, he defeats him first before he does it physically. Yeah. Like you see, you see him, you see Jeremiah go through all of his manipulation techniques all at once yeah. and you yeah. see how ridiculous all of them yeah. are. And so Nicholas Cage is just like, no dude, <laughs> basically. And you see this, this, him turn into a puddle. And yep. it's because none of none of the tricks that he used to get to the mild status of a cult leader that he was. And you, you see how quickly that can kind of just fall away when someone, you know, calls you out on your bullshit kind of deal. And it's it's really it's a really, really powerful scene there at the end to see him face him down, like you said, emotionally and then physically, yeah. which is really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is a great pick. I think this this cult leader is the one I would want uh the least around me personally jeremiah the of, least yeah of the three i want this guy get away i don't want any of them around me but him most i think mine would be uh <clears throat> the one from martyrs the woman because when you feel like your torture and your hideous behavior is justified that makes it even scarier because well, yeah. then like there's no moral compass behind it it's like you feel like this is what you have to do um and that's scarier than anything else because they're driven by some sort of force that you know morals are detached from yeah math equation but conversely like i feel like the motivation in mandy is just like she walked by at the wrong time and he was like oh yeah there we go i know that's the one i hate it yeah. yeah, he literally says, "I need her. Go fetch her for me." Yeah. Oh like, yeah, I mean gross. both suck. That guy's gross. But, Does he wear but, eyeliner too? Something, something's happening. Yeah, there. pretty that sure dude, he does. Uh, Linus Roach, I think, is his name. The actor, he, he was so insane. So good, that. dude. Yeah. So it was incredibly well acted. But I, th- I definitely think, Jamie, if you wore that wig for Halloween, you know, you're set, man. Yeah, put some eyeliner on. Yeah, it's got. I've got it. We're gonna get you put out a folk album. I dig it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the folkiest. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know who I'd want to hang out with. God, they all suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. All right, Stephen, Lance, thank you both so much. This was an absolute blast. Uh, we have to have you guys back on uh, in tandem with uh, uh, maybe another merch drop or whatever is that, that uh, is going to come up um, and, and and come from you guys. But thank you for doing this with us. We really appreciate so it. much fun. Hey, well, obviously we had a great time. It's been, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Thanks. Yep. Anytime we get to chat horror with other dudes and friends. Yeah. We're always down. Well, thank you. And, and, uh, 
best of luck to to what comes next and we'll keep buying and we'll keep sharing your stuff so thanks guys